Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in, everyone, to Early Line. Live right here on SportsGrid on a Thursday morning, I am Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside, DRS, what's the word? All right, Thursday, heading towards the weekend. Tonight, Kevin, last night of the NBA, first half of the regular season, as we head into the All-Star break. A lot of good topics to talk about today and have some fun. I see you are already in participation mode here for the Lakers and maybe a championship run, it looks like. Hmm. Well, listen, the Lakers go out there, get a big win. You got to don the polo uh. while you can because you got to imagine that uh, the probably the first game back from the All-Star break, they'll like, lose by like 15 to the Clippers. Like Just some absolute nonsense there. But I'm showing some love now. There's a big parade in Los Angeles. I think it was secretly for you, wasn't the parade? It was. That's why I was, you know, I was out of town at this point. Somebody asked me why I wasn't there. I said, I don't think there's going to be enough people there for it to make me worth my while to stay an extra few days in L.A. And t- chances are... That's the way it was. More people at Burger Bun enjoying the number Ooh, four combo man. than they were. Did it go by Burger Bun, I wonder? Parade. Like, if they go down the street <laughs> at Burger, I mean, they got to have a little, like, you know how you had, like, the little table set up? We just hand out, like, burgers and yeah. fries in a bag. That would have hit hard. You think they would, like, let Donald sign under, like, and, and McVeigh no. make it signed underneath your no. name? Or, like, no, too exclusive? No, they would have got a menu. Yeah, they would have got a menu that they would have got to sign. You don't, you don't, not anybody gets a hit up the wall of Burger Bun at this point. So, no, Aaron yeah, Donald no. walks in. Who are you? Uh, no, this is, you know. I, and by the way, when we go back, if it ever is in LA, like, is it going to be roped off like that area? Like, you can't even, like, sit under it there as almost like, hey, look, leave this away here. I would hope so. I mean, that would be that Gotta would be, be appropriate treatment there. Yeah, I, it would, would be, be nice to see. Uh, let's run out these seven and seven top headlines here. And the Rams running it back. It's had that parade, as we mentioned. I love it. The liquid courage is flying. They're hollering at one another. Running it back. Running it back. Aaron Donald, Sean McVay, Donnie. They're making it seem like they will be back next year to try and defend their Super Bowl crown. Yeah, we need to put a moratorium on these athletes who just make ridiculous comments within like 15 to 20 hours of a world championship game as if this is the last day they're ever going to be on earth because it was every single person is going to retire to, what do you mean? We're going to run this thing back for years to come. Amazing stuff. And they should run it back here. Very rarely do you step out on top and say, hey, I'm giving it, unless you're 50 years old, like Whitworth, you know, Andrew, um, yeah, I mean, he's not coming Whitworth. back in this, at this point here. He, Yeah, Whitworth rides off into the sunset here, no question. Oh, that's a great start to the morning, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That is a great start to the morning. <laughs> yeah. Moving forward here, Joe Burrow played with a sprained MCL in the Super Bowl, Donnie, adding a bit to the mystique around Joe Burrow. At the end of the day, I think that maybe came a little bit later in the game, but an interesting note there on 
the Bengals quarterback during Super Bowl 56. Yeah, and it did come late in that game. Actually, it seemed like both quarterbacks, like simultaneous possessions. One was an ankle with Matthew Stafford, and the other one was a knee with Joe Burrow. You fight through it. You got enough adrenaline in your body at this point, but it's just nice to see that that didn't turn into something like Odell Beckham Jr. had, where it was an ACL injury, which would impact your offseason. A couple deserved weeks off here for Joe Burrow. He'll be fine for OTAs and heading into the summer, which is good news. No surgery needed, as Donnie's mentioned in there for Burrow. Absolutely good news there. Other quarterback news. Deshaun Watson starting to canvas the league for potential new homes. Taking a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was expected. Taking a look at the Minnesota Vikings. That was not as expected there. They kind of currently have a quarterback in Kirk Cousins. They just brought over Kevin O'Connell, let's first welcome the radio audience into the fold. Appreciate all those tuned in to Sports Grid Radio, listening to the early line here. DRS going through the top headlines. Watson and the Vikings? Yeah, where did that come from? I mean, that was just out of left field at that point. We can see, like, there's somebody like Philadelphia is an option, you know, where somebody else trades a quarterback away. Tampa Bay seems like the perfect fit if they can somehow make that mm-hmm. make that work out. But out of nowhere, the Minnesota Vikings come into town. If you're Kirk Cousins, like, hey, man, I'm making a lot of money here. I'm the Vikings starting quarterback. And another quarterback goes, yeah, you know what? I'd really like to be in Minnesota. And Kirk Cousins, what's he saying? What, is a backup to me? Obviously not the case here, but that was really interesting to see. He goes, yeah, you know what? Is he friends with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen? I don't even know the connections there, but seemingly he wants to go to Minnesota or Tampa Bay, and we'll see if it turns out that way. We will break that down in its entirety. A lot of ripple effects. Big headlines in the NBA, but perhaps none bigger from Lakers Jazz. Anthony Davis exits with a really nasty ankle roll in the first half. Could cost him upwards of a month. But the Lakers storm back when the fourth quarter by 13. LeBron with 33-8-6. But maybe more importantly, Donnie, Donovan Mitchell, 37 points on the loss. Rudy Gobert with checked notes, 5 points and a minus 27. Oh, yeah, Rudy Gobert, top 10 player. Shame on you people. Yeah, by the way, big win by the Lakers because we were looking at yesterday's. You don't really get statement games in the NBA this early in the season. Well, technically it's later, but there's still 25 games to go. Whether they won or lost wouldn't have made a huge difference. That's a nice win by the Lakers. But I would ask you, Kevin, as a Laker fan, would you rather have that win and AD go down or a two-point loss, AD play well and still be healthy? That's going to be an interesting one. I think the second one, the second one looks better for LeBron. What a great day at the <laughs> formerly Staples Center. I can't even get there on crypto. All right, look, a couple of other things here. Stefan Jokic was great. The top two teams in college basketball rolled in Auburn Gonzaga. We'll have plenty of time to expand on everything. But just Donnie, the Knicks. The Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. They blew a 28-point lead. It's the third time they blew a 20-point lead this month. How is this team real? What are you doing? You... It's just all Nets backups! Madness! They blew a 28-point lead! Again! SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. First one that we want to hit is, I guess now just a piece of of house cleaning news almost here, Donnie, around the Los Angeles Rams and the will they, won't they 
run it back. Yesterday, the parade for the Super Bowl champions and every indication from... Now, to be fair, drinks are flowing. You're in front of a crowd. Everybody's cheering you on. I guess that could probably only push you in one direction. But Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, all looking like they're going to be making their way back for a Rams Super Bowl title defense. This team is 12-1 to to win the Super Bowl. I don't think it's time for the books to be dropping them back to 15, 18, 20 because all of a sudden their best player and head coach are going to be moving on at the end of this season. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be moving on, and rightfully so. I mean, you, you got to return to defend the crown. And also, you saw a quote there from Ram COO Kevin Demoff that basically said, if these guys want to run it back, like Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., Stan Kroenke's got the checks, and he's ready to make sure they want to run it back. And as we've always talked about there with the Rams, this isn't one of those organizations that's like, hey, you know what? It was nice having you, nice for the Super Bowl, but we can't afford you. They can afford whoever they want, whenever they want. So it's just a matter of the players and the coaching staff saying, hey, let's all get back together. And it looks like yesterday, even though the drinks were flowing out there, everybody had that same concept. Like, what are you kidding me? I can't retire at this moment. We got to at least give it a chance to defend our house here. And they will be doing that. And good luck to the Rams on that. That's the way it should be. You don't want to see in the, what happens if like Matthew Stafford retired, Aaron Donald retired. Sean McVay stepped away. What would that ring ceremony be like on the opening Thursday night without half of the football team and maybe lowered Mm. expectations? Opening night in the NFL is a big deal here, and the Rams being back intact, an even bigger deal. Yeah, at the end of the day, this is one of those odd things where you can maybe debate who would be a more impactful loss, Donnie Aaron Donald or Sean McVay, but both would be awful for this team to have to try and uh, go through. And again, it it is so interesting. You're talking about a 30-year-old Aaron Donald and the youngest head coach in the NFL. I understand that they were obviously able to check some boxes here by winning a Super Bowl championship, but this is just not the way uh, of sports really in general. Again, you talk about one of the biggest stories of this offseason and you know, maybe number one is the fact that Tom Brady retired, surprisingly, despite being in the league for over two decades here. I expect that these guys will be back, but I guess, if anything, Donnie, it gives us an idea that this Rams team, like, maybe dynasty isn't going to be the word if every single year we have to ask ourselves, will the key players inside this organization be looking towards retirement? Yeah, it'll be interesting to find out. But I think dynasty is is a correct word to use. It's very hard to do that in this day and age with a salary cap in the NFL. And the one team that was able to skirt around that dynasty and make it happen was the New England Patriots. But you also had a perfect storm there with a Tom Brady who won his first Super Bowl very young in his career. So you figure that he probably had at least another 10 years, and it turns out another 20 years in the NFL. You also had Bill Belichick as probably the best head coach overall in NFL history, but a perfect storm combination of a really good Patriots team with Tom Brady, the best quarterback to ever play, coupled with a division that was the laughing stock of the NFL for almost 15 years where absolutely nobody could get anything right till recently. The Jets had like a year or two in there. The Buffalo Bills were bad. The Miami Dolphins couldn't get out of their way. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to take a look at a if you can be a dynasty in the NFC West. If Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, Kyler Murray stays in Arizona, and the San Francisco 49ers with Shanahan, that's already a good team. So just getting out of your division to make it into the playoffs and a deep run is hard. Whereas the New England Patriots, they said, hey, every single season when the schedule is printed, we are guaranteed to have five to six automatic wins coming out of the AFC East. 
Rams running back train is on 12 to mm -hmm. 1 to win the Super Bowl. Only the Bills and the Chiefs sitting in front of them. At some point, we should probably talk about whether or not it's odd that Buffalo is in front of Kansas City on its own island, but I think we'll have more time to be able to circle back to things of that nature here. Where I want to transition, Donnie, though, is a piece of news that would have monster ramifications on the odds to win Super Bowl 57, and it is the potential landing spot Deshaun Watson. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler had reported that Watson is trying to figure out the list of teams that he would be willing to go as he does have a no-trade clause. One of those, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the other, the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings is a bit more surprising and interesting. So let's lead off with Tampa Bay. Donnie, something we got into a little bit yesterday here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now sit at 26-1. to 1. If they were to add Deshaun Watson... You look at this board right now. We just mentioned the Rams, 12-1. to 1, First team in the NFC. Take it back a little bit. How about a Niners team? 15-1. to 1. Where could Tampa Bay move if Deshaun Watson became their quarterback? Yeah, they got to be at least even with the Los Angeles Rams at 12-1, to 1, right? Because you're taking a look now. And the only reason, because if we scroll down and find, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 26-1, to 1, they're not 26 to 1 because Tom Brady's coming back and oh, maybe they're going to have a down year. They're 26 to 1 because the quarterback options currently listed available for the Buccaneers aren't very good at all, meaning Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask. Now, that is sort of a holding pattern because if they get any semblance of a quarterback that's better than Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask, which basically anybody would be, that number is going to vastly improve. And also, if you're talking about getting a guy like Deshaun Watson in, now, he skipped a whole year of football. The one thing that we do know, he's probably healthy. Who knows how keyed in he is to play? Will it take him some time to adjust when he gets back? But if we're looking overall, I think these teams would like this move to be made rather sooner than later because now you're starting to see some of the legalities come out where he's able to be deposed now and maybe you can get some closure on some of these issues that he's having. But as we talk now, February 17th, is this going to clear up, Kevin? Late February, early March, late April? Or is this one of those things where – you know, the Texans are going to hold on to him, and we're talking about already showing up to training camp where he doesn't have any offseason. So if you're telling me today, like by March 15th, Deshaun Watson would be able to be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and get in the building, learn the offense, be around his teammates, that's going to be a really good football team because, yes, Tom Brady is stepping away, and Tom Brady made that team go. But if you're going to have a semblance of a healthy offensive line, which you should, a wide receiver core that, you know, at least has Mike Evans, and maybe, you know, Godwin comes back midseason, and that team can certainly improve that way, they still have a very good defense and a good defensive coordinator and a coaching staff staying intact. Nobody left out of there. Todd Ball still the defensive coordinator, Kevin. You still have Bruce Arians as the head coach and Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. You step in with Deshaun Watson, that's going to be a really good football team and an easy favorite, at least in the NFC South. We're in the prediction business, right, Donnie? I think he's on a different team before the NFL draft. That's my expectation mm. there. I think Houston's going to want to recoup draft? as many... Any pressure at that point? Like the NFL like, draft. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think before that, because I think te the Texans are going to want to get all the draft assets right under their belt. And I, I believe Lovey Smith when he says he wants a resolution to this sooner than later. And yeah. the imp at the end of the day, he's not staying in Houston. I think we all know never. that. I think no. Houston knows that. that. He's never, you know, I don't know if, if a Ben Simmons comparison works, but just in the, in the way that Ben Simmons was never playing for Philly again, Watson is never playing for Houston again. 
I think if Deshaun Watson lands in Tampa Bay, I think you're spot on. I think it goes right to 12 to 1. You could argue 13 to 1, but it seems like Green Bay's 13 to 1 being the same number as Dallas's is a little bit about the ease of the division, Donnie. Well, Tampa yeah. might actually have the easiest division in the NFL. I mean, the Saints have just lost Sean Payton, Matt Ryan, another year older in Atlanta, and I don't know what's going on in Carolina. I still wonder if Matt Rule's job's even safe, even though we're in the middle of February sometimes with the way that things have played out there. I know they don't have Godwin, but they still have Mike Evans and a number of talented players on that roster. I do wonder what happens with a Gronk. It feels like he steps away without Brady there. Maybe Watson's enough to keep him around. And I think the other point on Deshaun Watson and one of the interesting things around this guy is that it is a year off for Deshaun Watson. We don't really see that for high-level quarterbacks and especially not a guy, right, who's going to be or is only 26 years old. But the last time we saw him, the NFL in passing yards, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions, a top-five quarterback in the NFL. And if he maintains that status, he will put any team above their current listed number including the Minnesota Vikings. We break down that potential scenario next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sean Watson looks like he will be one of the major names to follow during this offseason. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers link is not surprising and one that we discussed yesterday as well. But the Minnesota Vikings one is a bit of a surprise. Just gave themselves a new head coach in Kevin O'Connell, the uh, offensive coordinator on the uh, now Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. And there's not a connection that we know of really between Watson and Connell. Do I think Justin Jefferson could be an A-plus level recruiter? I do. I could see people wanting to play with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. All all of that certainly lines up there. But also, they kind of have a quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Is Cousins as good as Watson? No. Is Cousins enough to stop a team from trading for Watson? Maybe. There's a lot to unpack here, Donnie. I'll throw it to you open-ended. What's your reaction to Deshaun Watson being interested in landing in Minnesota? Yeah, pretty odd. I mean, if you're looking to go to a division or get out of your own division, the AFC, the farthest that you could probably get away probably is the NFC North. It makes an interesting combination because if we're just taking a look at, forget about draft compensation, right? If you're a quarterback, you say, where do I want to go? Decent offensive line in Minnesota, unbelievably talented running back in Dalvin Cook, one of the better young wide receivers in the game in Justin Jefferson, and a great possession slash deep threat in Adam Thielen. So if I'm a quarterback, I would be looking to a situation like this. And also keep in mind, you have to have some good styles and some good fits here. You get an O'Connell who's coming over from the Rams under Sean McVay. So if you're a quarterback on man, anything that Sean McVay and that tree touches, I want to try to get involved in and be in. And also take a look at this. He's saying, hey, he's going up to the cold weather. It's still a dome. It's a fast track. It's not as if he's going to Minnesota to play outside as if it was Green Bay and the Green Bay Packers in late November, December, and into the playoffs in January. So I do like the fit overall. But getting into the draft compensation, this isn't one of those moves. Because I try try to bring up like the Tom Brady move from the New England Patriots. 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all it cost them, Kevin, was money and their trust in Tom Brady. They didn't have to say, hey, man, the greatest quarterback of all time, he might only have two years left. Let's give up two first-round draft picks for the guy and then have to sign him. They didn't have to do that. Matthew Stafford, he had to give up compensation for, but obviously a little bit younger and was that final missing piece where if you're the Rams, you say, look, I just need a quarterback. So Sean McVay goes to ownership and the GM and says to Les Need, give me a quarterback, I'll win a championship. Done deal, they win a championship. But now with Deshaun Watson, if he moves from the Texans to the Vikings, it's a really nice move, Kevin. But as I look at this go, that's not the final piece to the puzzle. And also, what's the future of the Minnesota Vikings? Deshaun Watson isn't cut. You're not just going to say, okay, we got to come up with five years, $200 million for the guy. No, you have to come up with a lot of money to pay him. And on top of it, a lot of draft compensation. Because we were talking about Mm -hmm. just, what, 12 months ago, where let's just say the Philadelphia Eagles were trying to make a move for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's going to start at three first-round picks and other players. What the is the Minnesota going to give up Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and two ones to get to Sean Watson? That's not going to happen. So I think the bigger issue is not that the Sean Watson wants Minnesota. Is what's Minnesota going to get draft compensation that package back to the Texans for? It's going to be expensive. So I think it's going to involve trading Cousins and whatever base you know, like a, a man. Like, Donnie, go through in NFL history. How many three-team trades are there where, you know, two franchise-level quarterbacks are being shipped out, right? I think that's the answer. Yeah. But to your initial point about how much better does Minnesota become? Currently 33-1 to to win Super Bowl 57. We talk about paths, right? What's clear and what's not for teams. If Rodgers leaves Green Bay, you're looking at a big-time frontrunner in that NFC North all of a sudden if you put Deshaun Watson in purple. Now, you're probably looking at the same status if Kirk Cousins is there, but at least from an odds perspective, people will be more willing, I think, to bet on Deshaun Watson than a Kirk Cousins. That's at least my read on that situation there. I think Deshaun Watson in Minnesota, if you want to talk about a young core, right? Kevin O'Connell now just coming over. Justin Jefferson would be another key cog. I understand all of that as well. I wonder if in any way it's a leverage play, Donnie, because you never want to just have yes. one team on the radar. And I think that that also is a part of the equation. But in an odd way, you ask yourself, if you are Minnesota, Donnie, is this worth it? Is Watson that much of an upgrade over Kirk Cousins that the difference in you know draft capital or just overall capital that you need to move on from worth this move? For me, yes, because I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to win a Super Bowl, and he's certainly not at least going to be able to do it in Minnesota. I think there's going to need to be more around him, at least almost, Donnie, on the defensive side of the football. We'll talk Cousins' landing spots in just a moment, your Pittsburghs, your San Francisco's of the world here. But if I'm Minnesota, Donnie, I get a ceiling Razor. Floor, maybe the two of them are the same. I need my ceiling to be elevated. And when I have Deshaun Watson, I have the opportunity to go toe-to-toe with any quarterback on the other side of the field there. When you have the chance to bring in a top-five guy at the position, you can't pass that up. Yeah, let's talk about leverage also for Deshaun Watson. Now, you know, the the playbook is there for him last year. Uh, I don't want to be and play for you in Houston. I I don't want to be here anymore. But you know what? I'm going to show up to camp. I'm not going to work out at all. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to let me mess around on, you know, scout team safety and then pay me my full wage to go home and do whatever I want. So I'm going to come into this year and I go, you know what? I gave you two teams. 
Now I'm going to change it. I only want Tampa Bay. If you don't trade me to Tampa Bay, yep, I'll show up. I'm not going to pay attention to any meeting you have, and I'm not going to play quarterback for you this year. And you know what? The benchmark is already there. Oh, man, come on. You're not going to do that? Well, we don't want to force you to play. Here's your, I don't know, $15 million base salary. Hang out at home again. Could it turn into that? Because if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you know you have some leverage now where Deshaun Watson is going, look, I don't want to play for the Texans, but I know the Texans will pay me and I don't have to show up to work at all. Something's going to have to give here late. We talk about, you know, try to equate it to other sports and Ben Simmons. You knew Ben Simmons was never coming back to the Sixers. Now, Ben Simmons was willing to stay away and not get paid, but it seems like the collective bargain agreement in football allows the player to say, I don't want to play, but I'm still going to show up at your facility and it's up to you to tell me to go home. And if you do tell me to go home, I still get my full paycheck. That's what I want to look out for because if you're looking from a Minnesota perspective and also from a Tampa perspective, it almost seems like, Kevin, those two teams hold the cards to the Sean Watson. They're not going to pick up the phone knowing they have the leverage and go, hey, how about four first-round picks? Tampa Bay might go, I'll give you a first-round pick, and you know you're stuck with this, or else you're going to keep him again as a 26-year-old quarterback on the shelf for another season, eat up a quarter of your payroll, and he's not even playing for you? That's what I want to see play out, Kevin, over the next couple weeks here. I would think, though, there has to be a desire from Watson to get this done at some point, Donnie, where not settle, but I don't think he can go one-team list. You can't sit out two years. At that point, then, it's it's a little much there, right? Because even if the prime years for quarterbacks have changed, the, the last time we saw this guy was a top-five quarterback in the NFL. And I think what you should—and we can honestly stick with this because this is a big piece of news here, uh, trying to figure out where Deshaun Watson is going to land, is what other teams could he add, on him? Because in a way, right, like if I would have asked you this yesterday throughout Washington— yeah. Carolina, right? Teams mm -hmm. that obviously Denver. need quarterback. De perfect at Denver. But is in a world, Donnie, where Watson now, and in a way, and I don't think he's wrong saying, I'm not coming to take a job from Kirk Cousins. Stop this, man. Wait, Minnesota's not going to take me over Kirk Cousins. Right? Donnie, remember that? You know, we never got the answer to it, but Brady with the whole, hold on a minute, you're sticking with that guy over me? Like that with, during his whole free agency world one where... Is Deshaun Watson, Donnie, able to put almost, like, he can't put Kansas City on a list. He can't put the Chargers on a list, right? Cincinnati on a list. But can can Watson, Donnie, line up 80% of the NFL and say, I want to go there. Make the phone call to Houston and I'll, and I'll show up. I mean, pretty much. I mean, you're, you're dealing with a young quarterback, and what are we all looking for as a quarterback? I want a guy with a strong arm and mobility and a perfect combination. Now, he didn't have a ton of success in Houston, per se, from the win percentage, but it certainly wasn't his perspective where he say, hey, the reason they're losing football games is Deshaun Watson. He's such an intriguing prospect. And also, let's keep in mind, this isn't a guy, Kevin, that's just saying, like, Hey, remember Carson Palmer back for the Cincinnati Bengals? Wasn't any legality trouble. He just says, I hate this franchise, and I'd rather retire than play for them again. And the Cincinnati Bengals go, well, we're not trading you unless we get compensation, which he sat out a whole year and eventually moved out to the uh, Oakland Raiders at the time. When you look at Deshaun Watson, he's a young, talented quarterback, but he's got like 30 lawsuits over his head, Kevin, and he's still going to be able to pick his destination, which is incredible. Yeah. It just goes to show you when you have the talent, it almost doesn't matter what you do in the offseason or off the field, that he can still say, I want to go here. And teams like, yeah, you know what? I'll give up two to three first-round draft picks with ease to get this guy in. That shows you how talented he is and still how young he is, Kevin. He's not 33, 34 years old like you're taking a look at a Russell Wilson. He is in the dead of his prime, and people are going to be mm -hmm. kicking the door 
stores in to get him on their football team. And but just to, to your point about Watson and you know postseason success, first year only played the seven games rookie season, right? Ended up with the injury. Two straight years in the playoffs then. Won a playoff game head-to-head against Josh Allen. And then I know the final season, they were an abysmal 4-12. and 12, But, I mean, the defense, yeah. I mean, DRS would have been out there finishing the game with 7 for 101 and two scores. Now, that's not slander, Don, mm-hmm. if we do that against most defenses. But yes. at the end of the day, this is still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I'll throw, like, like, can this guy say, Arizona, that guy Kyler's giving you problems? I'd love to go reunite with DeAndre Hopkins. I hear good things about Cliff Kingsbury. Figure it out. That's a and swap. Then, because, like, Don, like, if you're cute, like, it, think, here's something to think on as we go to the breaks. I want to stick with this. This is a good conversation. This has a lot of impact on Super Bowl 57 odds, right? Who gives up more? Houston or Arizona in that hypothetical? Are the Cardinals saying, like, we're getting the better of this there? Or... With the contract situation with Kyler Murray, like those are very interesting ideas. We continue to break it all down on a Thursday morning right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Super Bowl 57 odds and potentially Kirk Cousins, which would also have a big time impact on Super Bowl 57 odds. Donnie, which just kind of threw out an idea around Kyler Murray, who is again frustrated with the Arizona Cardinals. Did you see the, the, the other piece of news there where he refused to go back in and finish that postseason game against the Rams? Oh. He felt he was too banged up and not worth his time. And they were like, what are you doing? Oh. Like, Colt McCoy tried to encourage him back into the game, and Kyle was like, yeah, I'm good. You can go and finish that out. I talk, You know, it's kind of interesting that that comes to light here because very few times you take a look at an NFL game be like, the quarterback in a playoff game looks like he could care less about this one. And it was interesting to see, and you never know what goes in the mind of these athletes, and maybe they're just having a mm-hmm. tough day. But there are many plays in that game where, like, the pass rush was bearing down on him. And instead of doing Kyler Murray things, he was just okay to give up on the play and just, like, throw it into the ground or throw it away. There were a lot of instances there. So it doesn't surprise me where now we're filtering into the offseason and a lot of this stuff is finally catching up post-Super Bowl now. Yeah, it's one of those situations where every piece of news that comes out is like, oh, this isn't good. Like, Arizona, Donnie is not trying to do damage control on the situation. They're trying to justify their position in being bothered with Kyler Murray and not pay him more. So if all of a sudden Deshaun Watson becomes available, similar age, I think most people would say a better quarterback, all of a sudden they might say, yeah, you know what? All right, fine. We can actually move off Kyler Murray and this wouldn't feel like a nightmare scenario. I'm sure the Cleveland Browns would love to make a call towards Deshaun Watson. I don't think I don't think Don and the Texans would go in division. Tennessee, Indianapolis, that probably isn't on the table, right? 
probably isn't on the table, but I know we're going to bring up that notion where, you know, Kyler Murray straight up out of the division there for, you know, or go from AFC to NFC, Kyler Murray to Deshaun Watson. But I'm going to ask you a question on this one, Kevin. You know, we talk about like draft compensation, what needs to happen. If we're looking at a trade between those two young quarterbacks and we talk about compensation, what matters, like to me, are you giving up any more on either side? Like, let's just say from a Houston perspective, what are you giving up here to get Kyler Murray or vice versa? What are you giving up to get to Sean Watson? To me, if there's an NFL trade that makes the most sense out of all, wouldn't that be a straight up trade between those two? Like, it, so it would. I guess the bizarre question for Houston, Donnie, is, is that organization even ready to have Kyler Murray in this, in the respect that they have, they, they are not really talented anywhere on that roster. Like, Donnie, where basically Watson's in a new landing spot, Kyler's in a third landing spot, and Houston takes back all the draft capital, and then all of a sudden has like 10 first-round picks over the next three years. Like, does that make more sense for the Houston Texans? Or, like, can you let Kyler <laughs> Murray pass you by if you're the Houston Texans in a way, Donnie, and just bring in every draft asset under the sun? Now, that's devious. Now, I didn't even think, like, that's some next-level thinking there where you would make that trade swap and maybe get something back and then trade Kyler Murray out of town to get even more. Now, that's some, some thinking that you want to talk about hitting the reset button where the NFL be like, hey, I'm going to have to put a marker in here that says yeah. you can't actually do this because that would be tanking to a new level, but I think would be wonderful news to the Texans fans. Yeah, you're going to go next year and have another terrible season, but my goodness, could you even afford all the draft picks that you would have over the next two to three years at that point if you made dual trades like that? It would be interesting to see it play out, but from a draft prospect position, if I'm looking at both sides of the argument here, if you have Kyler Murray and you have Deshaun Watson and they just switch places without talking about anything else, why would either one of those teams, Kevin, have to give up a first-round pick or a second-round pick or multiple picks to make that work? Wouldn't that seem to be a fair trade for both sides to remove one headache from another and still get a young, talented quarterback on each side? Yeah, I, I, I think it would. I think both these teams should probably tune into the early line and be like, hey, this is a little bit interesting. And there's no way Watson wouldn't be interested in going to Arizona, right? Like, that's definitely... A, a landing spot would that he would that. be okay with. Yeah, go back to Hopkins. Like Absolutely. that feels like a no-brainer for him. Man, that's Cliff I Kingsbury will, offense will, moving fast. Oh, Absolutely, sure. I want to. Un- yeah. I'd love to unpack the Kyler landing spots more, but I really want to hit the Cousins angle on this, Donnie, because if it is Minnesota, yep. they're not going to go in a quarterback battle. Cousins is going to be moved. When you think Cousins landing spots, Donnie. Does any team jump off of the page more than the Pittsburgh Steelers as a perfect position? <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting about that, too, is we keep on bringing up Pittsburgh. And, and the funny thing about it is they're not really used to making blockbuster deals or trades, but it almost seems like in a market where you really need a quarterback, most years you can't find any quarterbacks to get, and you got to go through the draft, and hopefully you get some magic, and in a couple years you emerge with a franchise guy. So now you're taking a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers where it looks like quarterbacks can just fall into their lap, Kevin, and at cheap prices. 
like a legitimate starting quarterback. Say what you want about Wentz. We talked about him yesterday. 27-7. and seven. Much better than anything they have in-house. If Kirk Cousins shakes loose here, much better than any single thing that they have in-house. And the reason why they're so intriguing is they have the front office. They have the coaching staff. They have the defense. They have the talent on offense. You just need a trigger, man, to help them out. It seems like of all the options here, the Pittsburgh Steelers continue to come up because if you're asking me today, and let's just base it on, Kevin, 2021 season. If you would have given me a healthy Kirk Cousins with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger at this age, Kirk Cousins wouldn't have had them, you know, oh, we got to need a miracle last game of the year to actually win games. No, to get into the playoffs. They would have already been in the playoffs and maybe even challenging for the division. So if I fast forward it one year and I get a healthy Kirk Cousins on that team, they're way better than what they were under Big Ben for the last two years. Mm -hmm. Much, much better. And, and like, look, Kirk Cousins' slander is always tremendous i mean it's a great time anytime you can but this is a guy donnie that in minnesota was able to win a game in new orleans right like we've we've cousins can be successful he's an upgrade over big ben i think it would donnie would it be the best talent that he would have been surrounded by in his nfl career it wouldn't be far off at least what he was able to have in minnesota i think alongside him so I, and we talked about this the other day, and that's why, you know, for me, look, my Jacksonville take on 120 to 1, I stand by in terms of how far I'm willing to go down the board. But, like, Pittsburgh at 65 to 1, like, you might be able to bet to win on a number like that if the quarterback landing spot is right. Let me ask you about another potential Kirk Cousins spot here, Don. Yeah. The Indianapolis yep. Colts. This is one that's very interesting to me because the Colts clearly want to upgrade quarterback. And I understand why. Because this is a team that's not going to be satisfied until they win a Super Bowl. In the way that the Los Angeles Rams weren't satisfied until they won a Super Bowl and were willing to move on from Jared Goff to bring in Matthew Stafford. The question is, is Cousins that much of an upgrade over Carson Wentz? I'm not so sure, Donnie. I, I actually will tell you this. I don't think I'm going to be lining up on Colts futures. They're currently 24 to 1 to win Super Bowl 57. You add Kirk Cousins and you're telling me that this team's all of a sudden going to jump in front of Cincinnati and be under the 20 below marker? I don't think so. No, then it doesn't make sense here because I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head here. It's not to say like, hey, are they going to be a better football team? It's if you move on from Carson Wentz and get Kirk Cousins, the needle doesn't move at all for me. It's like, okay, you got a talented guy. Well, you had a talented guy previously. It didn't work out. And also, let's keep in mind here, like Carson Wentz, if he leaves the Indianapolis Colts, there's going to be a cap hit for the Colts here. And then they're going to take, off a, take on a massive deal for Kirk Cousins in the final year. And correct me if I'm wrong with Kirk Cousins and his agent and how football works. Does anybody think that Kirk Cousins is going to the Indianapolis Colts on a one-year look-see deal? No. He's going to say, oh, you want me in Indianapolis? Great. Well, you saw me making in the $30 million range. How about four years, $200 million, and put me on that football team? Now, does that really move the needle if you're Jim Irsay and that organization, Chris Ballard is the GM? Not so much here. So if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I stick with Wentz for one more year. If it doesn't work, then we look elsewhere. Because unless you are getting, for me here, if you're cutting Carson Wentz loose for the Colts, that means Deshaun Watson might be on the table. Russell Wilson might be on the table. Aaron Rodgers might be on the table. I'm not cutting loose Carson Wentz to get Kirk Cousins. I'm not doing it. I don't I don't think it's worth it. Financially, the draft assets that you have to give up, I agree with Donnie. I don't yeah. think that it, it moves the needle in that way. But there is one team 
that I've tried to force into the conversation for the quarterback carousel that often is not brought up that much. Carolina, obvious. The Colts, the Steelers, we know. The Washington Commanders. The San Francisco 49ers. Listen, I get it. They just spent a third-round pick on Trey Lance, Donnie. I, I get it. They were just in the conference championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan has been able to go to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. What will Trey Lance be? I don't know. And I guess San Francisco is going to want to trust their draft evaluation process and that they got the right guy in Trey Lance. I'm sure that that is what they want to do. But here's what I know. I know Kirk Cousins is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know that if you get a top 12 quarterback into Kyle Shanahan's offense, that becomes one of the scariest teams in the NFL. Maybe Trey Lance is great, but Donnie, should this Niners roster really be rolling out maybes at the quarterback position if they don't need to? You know what? Here's an interesting question for you on the 49ers. Did they panic and mess up? Did they mess their future yes. up? And this has nothing to do with Trey Lance right now. It really doesn't. It's the, the fact that they took a talented guy you know, maybe they're going to want him to be a starting quarterback in his rookie year, which he couldn't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they wanted him to. Maybe he takes over team two. But I remember when this trade went down, and I was saying to myself, like, if you went out and got Aaron Rodgers, you're the Super Bowl favorite. You could use that same draft compensation that you used for Trey Lance and went out and got a dominant quarterback. Who Maybe maybe it was Deshaun Watson was going to shake loose. You probably weren't getting Russell Wilson in the division. But Aaron Rodgers wanted to go there. And maybe could have waited an extra year. Because let's take a look last year. If they don't give up that draft compensation for Trey Lance, they stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, they add another talented player there. But then the next year comes along, and they get an Aaron Rodgers ear, who, as we know in the offseason, wasn't really going to be shaken loose there from Green Bay because Green Bay wasn't going to let that happen. Then cooler heads prevailed. They said, hey, basically, Aaron Rodgers, play one more year for us. If you don't like it here, we'll trade you to whoever you want. So now we talk about, boy, if we can get Kirk Cousins onto the 49ers. And you say to yourself, you had all that draft compensation. If you could have picked your battle or just improved your team and maybe got Kirk Cousins anyway with an even more talented roster, I beg to think, and they're never going to say that. Like, John Lynch is never going to come out and be, hey, man, boy, we should have waited one more year to get Aaron Rodgers who used our draft compensation on somebody else. And this isn't even to say or disparage your remark on Trey Lance. In three years, Kevin, he might be an all-pro quarterback. We don't know because we haven't seen him. But I just sit back and think a ready-made Super Bowl team grappling with the decision of, boy, should we start Trey Lance or maybe get Kirk Cousins another year? There's got to be some second-guessing in that organization. I mean, if they're honest with themselves at the minimum, imagine a landscape, Donnie, where we're talking about quarterback needy teams, right? And and every conversation begins with San Francisco. You think Watson <laughs> is sending out Tampa and Minnesota? The Niners are like, we didn't even talk about the Niners calling on Deshaun Watson. Donnie, they're, they're, they're co-Super Bowl favorites with Buffalo and Kansas City. They got Deshaun Watson, the San Francisco 49ers. They have to be, yeah. I think, right? At the minimum, yeah. they're NFC favorites. They're not even favorites in their own division right now. And they're still 15-1 with a guy that we've basically never seen quarterback in the NFL. What an interesting offseason. We'll close this all out after a quick break here on the Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
back carousel feels uh, perfectly in motion there. Donnie, what's going on? What are you thinking? You're over there last. See, this is great. I don't even have to figure yeah. out what we're going to talk about. What are you, what are you laughing yeah. at some quarterback carousel talk? What do you got? Yeah, quarterback carousel talk actually looks like the video I'm looking at. Is somebody looks like they just fell off a carousel yesterday at the parade there in Los Angeles with Matt St- trying to interview Matt Stafford. That's a tough one. Now, it doesn't show, Kevin, the depth of the fall, but it looks like that we got the fractured her spine move. Looks like that was pretty deep there. So that's an interesting video showing up here from the parade. A lot of people tipsy at that parade. I don't think the reporter sure. was actually tipsy, but my goodness here. Oof. I, I saw uh, Brady offer up some advice to Matthew Stafford saying uh, mix in right. some water, which I thought was pretty good. But also, Donnie, and I, I could be very wrong on this, but Stafford and the cigar stood out to me. I feel like you often don't actually get cigars at the parade. The locker room, it's always yeah. cigar time there. But as a cigar cigar guy yourself there, were, were you happy to see Stafford with the, with, with the big boy out there for the parade? I mean, it's the way to do it because you're usually taking a look here, right? It's the NFL, and there's a lot of cities in the NFL with good football teams that are cold weather. So when I just go back to my, you know, days in 2018 when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was freezing on the parade route. You didn't see too many cigars out there. But you're talking about L.A., no clouds, 80 degrees. I'm puffing. I mean, everybody should have had a cigar at that moment right there. And Matthew Stafford with the cigar, certainly a dig at Joe Barrow. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Oh, I didn't even. Now, oh. Yeah. See does that? Joe Burrow yeah, see, own on. cigars now? Yes, I don't like that very much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. look, it's a good thing if go. that's what Stafford's going for. Although I like... I, I just feel like Stafford is just like, nah, man, like, I just love a good cigar. I'd like to hang out with DRS. Nah, his wife probably planted that cigar. She she was behind it. Yeah, she was behind it. (laughs) Shout out Matt Stafford and the Rams. Yes. Back in the hour number two of the (laughs) early line. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.